Hey guys, uh, welcome to Game Devs Quest, uh, your once weekly podcast where we chronicle our journey from Game Dev Scrubs to better than that. To Game Dev Wubbalubs. Yeah, Wubbalubbadubdub. Uh, <laughs> I'm Taylor, joined by my awesome buddy Rhett. We are sitting here, it's 7.48 a.m. on August 4th, 2017. Uh, we've hosted the One Mechanic Game Jam that has already started. We're a little late to the game. We started it at midnight uh, this morning, and uh, we're about to go on stream and uh, get going on this this jam. So I just wanted to get us together beforehand. I thought it might be interesting to talk about what our plans are and then have kind of a post-mortem afterwards. So, um, Rhett, what, uh, what is the purpose of the One Mechanic Game Jam? Did we already talk about that? Well, we, you and I have already talked about that. All right, we'll share it with the listener. <laughs> so, dear listener, uh, the One Mechanic Game Jam, we're basically hearkening back to the days of old, where games can be played with one button or... Uh, whatever, you know, one, basically one premise, you boil the game down and maybe that premise is mashing a button or, or, or let's say two buttons, A and B like Nintendo and you're alternating A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, A, B, like track and field. And the faster you press them, the faster your character runs across the track. Uh, or maybe you're playing uh, like an infinite jumper, like Google's little dinosaur thing uh, when you don't have internet. And the screen is just rushing at you and all you're doing is pressing the space bar to leap over obstacles. Or maybe you're playing the helicopter game and you're clicking to keep your helicopter from crashing and then avoiding obstacles or whatever. Um, that's, you know, that's those games have one mechanic. One sort of uh, way to play the game and you know you just do your thing and that's what we're doing we're doing the one mechanic game jam um, you know from start to finish yeah we craft hope... a game that has one mechanic and slap it together yeah we hope um, to be able to actually complete the game today and that's part of the reason why we chose one mechanic is because the last time we did a game jam, even though we did do a really simple idea, we we didn't finish in time. And so by making it one mechanic, it really opens uh, opens it up to a lot of people who are just beginning game development uh, like us. So, um, which so far we've had a pretty cool response about it. Um, We have, I think, 13 jammers signed up, which to me at my expectations was like three, four, you know? (laughs) <laughs> so it's gonna be it's gonna be cool. I really hope that um, you know a good percentage of those guys complete a game so we can play it and then talk about it on the podcast. I think that'd be a lot of fun. So yeah. So um, Rhett and I have done a tiny bit of brainstorming about what we're gonna do. Um, I hope we can complete it. Uh, <clears throat> the idea is basically um, you'll have kind of this landscape view uh, where 
maybe there's like a castle or like a cliff or something and there's like a cannon on top of it and that's on maybe the left side of the screen and then on the the rest of the screen uh there's kind of like three lanes that are you know waves or like you know the sea or something and those lanes kind of represent uh these well these ships will go through these lanes and each lane will have kind of a certain speed so one one lane will be like the fast ship speed and one will be the medium and one will be the slow and so those ships are basically just trying to run into the castle or cliff or whatever which would lower your life in some way and then the player their one mechanic is basically to just uh, shoot cannonballs at these ships um, and we're hoping to make it so that uh, it feels a little bit like Angry Birds or something where you just kind of like pull back uh, to, to move the cannon's angle and then just click to fire and then that's it. Um, and, you know, the ships will have the faster one. Uh, we'll take maybe like one, one hit to destroy it, the uh, medium two and the slow one three. I don't know for sure. Um, but, yeah, that's it. And, and hopefully... We're really hoping we can get it on mobile, though I'm a little bit skeptical about that. We'll see how it goes. So uh, the other thing we talked about was because the last game jam, we were like, oh, we can do this. You know, we spent a lot of time up front on the art. And then once we got into Unity, we really flailed around, like not actually accomplishing much. So this time we broke it up into uh kind of tasks and i'm gonna focus on just prototyping the game like making it in unity and rhett's gonna start doing the asset creation like you know the artwork and the music <clears throat> so i think we're gonna have some cool flow going um we won't necessarily be you know having two brains on one thing at all times um like we did last time but i think that we're gonna experience a lot better uh results this way so i'm really excited for it i think it's gonna be a lot of fun i too agree <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, yeah man that's the idea uh i just wanted to get kind of our you know initial plug here before we get going uh yeah we're the both snapshot yeah snapshot uh, we're both really tired. Rhett, Rhett's been working his balls off. Um, and I know he got home really late. Uh, and then I had like a battle with some spiders in my apartment last night. And I'm terrified of spiders. So I just didn't sleep well, which was great. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we're both running on uh, on empty a little bit. But I don't, I don't know. I'm just going to keep chugging coffee. And hopefully that will help me out. So, Yeah. Um, it's a good idea. Anyways, we're going to throw up a Twitch stream here in a couple minutes, so um, hopefully we'll see some of you guys on there. I know this won't come out until afterwards, <laughs> but hopefully we will. I have expected you to be like, all right, so we're going to do a Twitch stream, so we'll see you guys on there. Hop yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, yeah, we'll check back in with you uh, maybe in the middle, but probably after we're finished with the jam. And then we got some more updates because tomorrow is the Enjoy Game Dev Conference, which we're really looking forward to. So we'll check back with you soon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Hey, guys. We're checking back in. Part two. Um, 
yesterday we game jammed um, all day. Taylor went extra mad baller status. Game jammed clear into the wee hours. Um, I was pretty impressed by the drive <laughs> that uh, that you displayed to get that work done. Um, and added a lot of cool things uh, to our game for the one mechanic game jam, obviously. Uh, you want to talk about some of that? Yeah. Um, yeah, so we started yesterday uh, right around uh, right around 8 a.m. And uh, basically we went from 8 a.m. until maybe like 5.30 or 6, I think. I think you had to leave at 5 yesterday. Um, yeah. And so that was like a really big chunk of time. Uh, and we got quite a bit done. So I think we talked about what we did, what our plan was, which was kind of this um, cannon. You're controlling a cannon, and these ships are like going in these lanes, trying to crash into your castle. And we essentially, I feel like, have the gist of the game down. Um, so right now we have it set up so that you can control the cannon, and it's placed on top of the castle. The ships uh, spawn in their own uh, respective lanes. Um, and they come in at in waves. Um, you get points for killing the different ships. One ship is only has takes one hit. Another takes two. Another takes three. And uh, each each one is like the one with one health um, is faster. You know, going down the heavier one is slower. Um, and yeah, I I mean that's the gist of what we accomplished yesterday. Uh, Rhett did some really cool stuff with art. So I think we told you that Rhett was taking over all of the art, all of the music and sound effects. And, uh, you know, normally we, we dive into pixel art and Rhett chose to, um, dive into Marmoset Hexel, Hexels, um, which, and, and he made these, uh, hexagonal kind of art pieces that I think, really kind of surprised me i guess the way that it that it looked because i was envisioning it in in pixel art and it has this kind of like i don't know it's almost like this simple very simplistic vibe i get from it but it's like really tasteful um and so i was really i'm really happy with how it looks um i at first because i was doing all the unity stuff and the programming at first uh like it was just crappy looking prototype stuff that I put in there and then as soon as Rhett made like the first thing he made was the background which had basically like these three lanes of uh like waves or like sea you know and as soon as we put that in the game it was like whoa this looks super cool um and then he just kind of you know slowly uh added more and more assets to replace the prototype stuff and yeah it's looking really good um but yeah, so after uh, after we worked for like nine hours or whatever, we took a break, um, and then I came back at like 8:30, I think, and started uh, streaming, doing some more streaming, and uh, we didn't have any of the rounds made out. So like right now, they spawn the ships spawn in waves. So first they spawn five ships. And we're going to limit the number of cannonballs that can be shot. So I think we're going to start with like 15. And then if you beat the wave, so if you destroy all of the five ships that come in the first wave, 
your cannonball supplies get replenished. And then another wave will spawn shortly after. And so I, last night, the main thing I did was make it so that it wasn't just continuous enemies flowing at you. It was, uh, you know, five here, and then you get kind of a pause uh, portion where it shows what round you're on. And then it chooses another amount of, of enemies to spawn. So like in anywhere between right now, it's five and ten. And it'll just keep doing that until basically your gate we have these three gates, one on each lane, and if you, your gate is destroyed, then that opens you up to be um, hit, the castle to be hit. And if your castle gets hit, then that's the end of the game. So right now, I mean, we don't have any of the touch functionality, which at this point I actually don't think we're going to get to, unfortunately, um, at least during the jam. Um, we don't have that set up, but at this point we have a game that is pretty much playable so i feel pretty proud of of that uh since we've only put like you know 12 to 13 hours in um we have a little bit left to do i think we got to add in some music and sound effects and then um god i really want to get the uh the arc working that that's gonna i i think i mentioned that that's gonna be the most troubling thing for me and it still is is the case like I want a little preview arc like they do in like Angry Birds or something that shows you the trajectory path of your cannonball. And I'm not sure if I'll be able to accomplish that. But anyways. Well, a good challenge to make for yourself regardless. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this could be like version one of this game. And we can, if we really want to, we can add to it. I, I think it would be kind of cool to try to design it so that it um, has touch capability and can be put on a phone um, and then making that design uh, like work for multiple resolutions for different devices because we have the foundation of a pretty cool little game going so yeah um, yeah I did want to shout out a couple people uh, Jago who's always listening to us and always interacting with us on um, Twitter and stuff he hung with us for most of the stream yesterday, and uh, he was actually the first person to submit a game, uh, which I think I'll talk about. Maybe we can talk about after we finish all the game jam and and stuff. But it's a really fun little game that he made, so pretty happy oh, with dude, that. Yeah, so cool! <laughs> I showed it on the stream several times because people were curious about what the idea of the of the game jam was, and I think he really captured uh, the idea of the one mechanic game jam. So. Super cool. Um, also, uh, last night I streamed for about an hour or two before anyone even hopped on the stream. And then this guy going by the name Mice Soap, um, he hopped on and was giving me some ideas for code. And dude, this guy is like crazy coder. He was showing me like all these shorthands for different things. And uh, he comes from like a web development background. He prototypes all of his stuff that he does. Uh, in HTML5 or JavaScript. And yeah, he just like everything that he was doing was all about efficiency. And like, it was just the craziest stuff ever. He was blowing my mind last night. So it was cool having him on stream as well. So anyways, what what are your thoughts uh, about the game jam so far, Rhett? Like anything you're excited about or sad we didn't get to do or... 
Like how are how are things on your end, I guess? Um pretty good. Um yeah, overall I think it went really well and um I mean yeah, I was pleasantly surprised too with the hexels like you were saying. Um and actually like using that has sort of like re-inspired me because it's such a powerful tool and there's like different brushes to make different art and just looking at the samples and looking at the tutorials and stuff I was looking at yesterday just like really cool. And you're right, it adds like a very it's it's like I don't know, like the gradients I was using and just like the art style itself, like it's, it's kind of calming a little bit. Yeah. Um, and then like I watching agree. you play it earlier, it's pretty cool to see it all come together with some sound effects tossed in. And I mean, dude, you did some serious work. So, so thank you for that, for, for being the backbone of, of the game dev quest, uh, dev team here. <laughs> no, nah, man, it's a team effort. And I think that the way that we, we, um, distributed work was smart this time. I think the last time we did it, we didn't really know what we were doing, so we really need both of us to like put our heads together and figure things out. But this time, I felt like while we were both giving opinions to each other, I felt like it was just smart to divvy up the work. Like if we were both just kind of like like both working on art and then both working on Unity, we would not have uh, like anything really playable probably by now yeah you know hey um hey i gotta pause okay so do no we just want to pause yeah or do we want to stop and or we okay. we could stop and then start over why don't we just stop all right welcome back game devs quest part three uh we just talked about a little bit ago about our game jam which i think went really well I don't think we talked about everything that we wanted to talk about, but unfortunately I had to take off. Um, but uh, again, I want to thank my bro Taylor for holding down the fort on that one. Um, but part of the reason that we decided to do the game jam uh, yesterday was to sort of like get in the zone, as it were, for today, which is an online game dev conference. Uh, it's called Enjoy Game Dev. You can read about the details at enjoygamedev.com. Uh, unfortunately, by the time that uh, you guys get a listen to this, it's going to be over. Um, and so we wanted to grab some snapshots of our game jam, uh, but we also wanted to grab some snapshots of our game dev conference. So, yeah, it's gonna uh, it's gonna be awesome. Um, and actually, I think even though you guys will miss it, most likely unless you already have have signed up uh if you go to their website i believe you can buy a recording of it um which you know may be useful too uh it's there's going to be eight presenters um talking about various different things about game development indie game development marketing avoiding burnout uh finances all that kind of stuff so neither of us have been to a game dev conference so personally i am just absolutely jazzed about this um I really want to go to GDC or something like that, maybe some local uh, conferences. But this is kind of our first step into that world of, you know, getting to hear from these professional game developers and seeing, you know, what their process is, what they, uh, what advice they have for us about, you know, like Chris Delion's talking about reducing risks, you know, like. There's all kinds of stuff that goes into game development, especially tough stuff for indies. So I think that this one in particular will be really helpful because uh, it's mostly done by 
indie developers or people who have kind of started from uh, a background of like smaller game development stuff. So I, I just watched, uh, they have a, a video on their website. I just watched, uh, it's Meet the Speakers for Enjoy Game Dev. And actually, the one that I am really excited about is from a guy called Anth- or named Anthony Jones. And he's basically talking about this idea that he doesn't believe in, in talent. Talent is only practice. And so I'm really excited to hear about what he has to say as far as... Um, you know, just his opinions on getting into game development, because from what I understand, he started with no experience and now he's a professional uh, game artist, I think. And I want to hear about his process and and everything there. So I just think overall, it's going to be really beneficial. I'm going to take really good notes or try to. Oh, good idea. Yeah, I have a a document open for us that we can just jot down on or, or you can take notes on your own or whatever. But... Yeah, I think that it's just going to be a really good first step because right now we're just, you know, we have a, a few resources we go to to learn things. And some of them, you know, like we listen to the Gamkito podcast, and this is put on by, by basically Gamkito, Chris Delion. Um, so, uh, but but we're just learning it all on our own. So this is like, I feel like we're just going to get a, a boatload of information that's going to really benefit us. Um and put things into perspective a little bit. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And I, I'm hoping to just gain a little bit of, I don't know, you know, inspiration and insight. And I feel like just being exposed to it, uh, to the industry and, and people who I really respect, cause I really do respect Chris DeLeon and, uh, and, uh, Christ funky or make funky pants. Yeah. <laughs> Um, he's been cool. Um, I've been tweeting a lot about this yeah, and, uh, he's been tweeting back at me and stuff and he's been super cool. He was talking about how he's never been, a uh, a, a speaker, for a, yeah, a speaker for a game conference. So he said he's like super nervous, <laughs> which is just, it's just funny to me. Cause like I look at him as being, you know, not like a superstar, but like somebody well above where I'm at. And so I, I really look up to him. So hearing, hearing that he's nervous about it just it makes me feel like he's even more of a person and i can relate to him and and just get even more from you know from who he is so it's kind of cool um anyways yeah we have about eight minutes before it starts i think we should probably uh plug in and and get set up and uh see how it goes hopefully we'll meet some of you there i I hope some of our audience will attend Um, if not we're reporting back afterwards so yep. we'll uh, we'll Sounds... see you soon. <laughs> I don't know about you, man, but I got it. I got it pulled up, just waiting for it to launch. So, nice. um, yeah, I guess we will just see see you soon, though. So <laughs> there's that. Yeah. All right. See you guys. Thanks. Hey guys, welcome back to Game Devs Quest. Uh, it is Sunday, August sixth, and we had a crazy weekend. So we're just checking back in with you. Want to talk about the Enjoy Game Dev Conference and also our game jam, the One Mechanic Game Jam. So let's kick it off and go into Enjoy Game Dev. It was a conference featuring eight speakers uh, who have experience with games. Not all of them in the games industry, but most of them. Uh, and they all gave around like a 30-minute talk. Um, 
20 to 30 minutes. 20 yeah. to 30 minutes. And uh, yeah, it was it was amazing, in my opinion. Um, I I was pretty exhausted from, from game jamming uh, for over 13 hours on Friday. But uh, wow, I, I have not ever felt this invigorated about game development. I don't know about you, Rhett. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Um, I really enjoyed uh, the speakers. I got I to gotta really hand it off, though, to, uh, I guess, essentially the hosts of the conference, uh, Chris DeLeon and um, Christopher Kaitila. Uh, Kaitila. Kaitila. Yeah. McFunky Pants. Or actually, McFunky he said Pants. MC Funky MC Pants. MC Funky Pants, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Man, both of their presentations just like really uh, were super invigorating, uh, very inspiring. Um, and I know everybody was giving Chris a bunch of crap for f- blazing <laughs> through at lightning speed, just dumping <laughs> a lot of information. But yeah, um, he, he I thought that was great. I was pumped afterwards. <laughs> yeah, he threw probably like 45 minutes worth of material at us in like 25 minutes. Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess it depends by, like, which metric you use to, like, calculate material. Sure. <laughs> um, yeah, but it was it was really good. And um, what was I going to say? Yeah, both both of their presentations were awesome. But I, I think that all of the speakers did a really good job. And they all brought something unique, which I, th- I think was obviously by design. Um, but on top of just, like, the, the speakers... The networking opportunities that we had yesterday were just massive. Like it was yeah. so cool. We we got there. Um, technically, it didn't start until 10:30 a.m. and we got there at 10. And for the first half hour, it was all about just like hanging out. You know, Chris uh, was testing the program we were used to do the conference, and uh, you know, he was giving everybody a chance to like get on the video feed and just like introducing themselves, sharing what they're up to. And uh, man, it was just great. I like we went from not that this really matters, but just to show you guys, uh, we went from like 310 followers yesterday and now we're at 360 something on Twitter. So just a big crowd. Everybody was really enthusiastic about like meeting each other and helping each other out and like learning from one another. And so overall, yeah. just like the positivity that I got from it was just awesome. Yeah. So uh, I felt very at home, just like joking with the other um, attendees and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, I thought sure. it was a lot of fun. Yeah. And to- uh, I know that Twitter followers isn't necessarily like a metric by which we should like quantify the success of the uh, conference, but I should say that I, uh, there was around fifty participants. And uh, so the fact that, like, we are now almost, like, friends with all of them afterwards is, like, pretty cool. Yeah. Um, Super cool. And everyone's from all over the world. You know, some one of the, the keynote speakers from, well, she lives in Australia. Uh, there was a guy who was uh, from Russia in the conference, like, a bunch of people from the UK and the US. So it was cool. Um, so what... What's like your key takeaway, I guess, from the conference, and and who, what, um, maybe like top one or one to three 
uh, talks do you feel like impacted you the most? Um, I will say right now, and 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 I don't mean to disparage the other the other speakers because I think everybody did did fantastic. Um, there was something to be taken away from each presentation, but uh, my three favorite that pumped me up the most, obviously, um, Anthony Jones, aka Robot Pencil, um, Chris DeLeon, and uh, MC Funky Pants were my three favorites. Um, I don't remember the topic of Chris's His presentation. Was reducing the risks. Reducing risks. Yeah. And he uh he approached it from uh more I guess like a almost like a business school approach. Yeah. Um which I thought was pretty great. Um Yeah, um uh, my my the thing I remember most from his talk was he gave this example about basically like finding your niche or your niche. Um, and he was talking about how, you know, the, what do you call it? Well, he was saying like, you know, the, the U.S. Navy or whatever may want to control the Pacific Ocean. And like, that's big, some big fish to fry. But you, you small indie dev, like don't try to get into the Pacific Ocean when you have like, this little the sweet pond. Fishing pond. Yeah, the sweet fishing pond over here, right? Like the Navy's not going to care about that fishing pond, but you can go into it and flourish. Right. Like what's more is like if what you have is a fishing boat and a, and a, and a fishing rod, like it's those are tools like well suited for the fishing pond. You right. can you can flourish in the fishing pond whereas the Navy in the Pacific Ocean, they have a nuclear submarine, and that nuclear submarine is ill-equipped for the fishing pond. Right. And if they decided to take the nuclear submarine into the fishing pond, it just wouldn't really work. So they ought to stick in the Pacific Ocean. Indie devs ought to stick to the fishing pond, yeah. which I thought was uh, pretty cool. Uh, pretty slick metaphor. Yeah, and, and you always talk about this too, out, even outside of the podcast, about just, just finding, you know, finding your, your niche. Like yeah. finding finding that whatever whatever it is that's like different enough to allow you to stand out so that you know you're filling some void even if it's like a tiny little void um, that get people to you know once they find you stick with you you know and I yeah and I think and that was something that uh, oh what's her name uh. Uh, Starlight Sky, Jillian Starlight Sky. She was talking about marketing. That's something she kind of talked about as far as like successful marketing was, you know, being genuine and building, building relationships with your followers, you know? Yeah. So there was a lot of pieces that really just kind of like fit together with one another. And I just yeah. felt like everyone really just meshed well. Um, I agree. Yeah. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about is, uh, that I really liked about Chris was the, um, recommendation, like the book recommendations, um, which not many other people did. Uh, I thought it was a really clever way to, um, like kind of push his ideas a little bit more. It was like, here's some books that like really go into like what I'm talking about and really helped me. So like, I know I don't got that much time, but boom, here they are. Yeah. Um, a book yeah. recommendation, um, 
is always welcome in my world. So two of the um, books really he recommended that. was uh, Little Bets by Peter Sims and The Lean Startup by Eric Rise R I E S. Um, yeah, he he recommended another one that I'm looking forward to. I think called Blue Ocean. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Or Blue Ocean Theory. I think that might be it. I I Let's took notes um, that we're going to share out with you guys. Um, and so I'm looking through to see if I can find it. But anyways, yeah, I think that might have been it. Blue Ocean. Something about the Blue Ocean. Um, what did you What did you like about the other two? Blue Ocean Strategy. Oh, Blue Ocean Strategy. And he talked about the Kearney Method, uh, which I'll, I want to look into a little bit more. Yeah, there's a really famous GDC talk that I've heard thrown around multiple times, which is, uh, is it Cerny or Kearney? Cerny me- method uh, by I'm not sure. someone at DICE from GDC yeah. Europe 2002. I guess if you just YouTube that, it's really worth uh, looking yeah. into and watching. Yeah. Anyways. Um, yeah. yeah well, so... Well, what were your uh, your key takeaways from the other two, and why why do you like them so much? Um, dude, I okay. First of all, like I always look forward to the Game Keto podcast when uh, Christer Katila is on there. Christer, 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 I think. Christer, yeah, Christer Katila, MC Funky Pants. Um, I always really enjoy it when he's on there, just because he has, I think, such a unique perspective. Like, um, I mean, being at it as long as he has been. You know, all of his stories always go back to uh, when he was learning to program on Turbo Pascal, <laughs> right? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even, to be honest, I don't even know what that is, but yeah. it just makes him sound like triple OG, you know? Yeah. Um, well, his uh, presentation like, was just so good, too. Like, it was well-crafted. He starts- Well-crafted, super put together, well put together, and... Uh, and the one thing I like is his just like his oration skill. He is super captivating, yeah, in the totally. way that he speaks, in the way that he lingers on certain words and and accents others. Like he just really makes you listen. Yeah, and uh, he scooted along with lots of just uh, you know basically like proverbs and things like that. Which like I'm a sucker <laughs> for digestible proverbs. Yeah. Well, his um, uh, so the name of his talk was the Zen of Game Dev, and so he was throwing a lot of a lot of good quotes. You know, Zen is to have the heart of and soul of a little child. You know, things like that. Um, yeah. <laughs> and and that was he was pro- his was probably my favorite. Um, overall Um, because it ended with the sweet and that brings me to my final point which is to enjoy game dev and i was like he set the title of the conference (laughs) right (laughs) yeah dude it's like in game of thrones when they uh when cersei says like what does she say uh what is it yeah Uh, uh something something to die the game of thrones you oh in the game of thrones yeah, you either know. win or die or something like that um and yeah anytime or like you have an album and the, the there's one song on the album that's like the name of the album you're just like yep that, that i want to listen to that that's awesome um but anyways yeah his was it just felt really good for somebody who's new to game dev especially like he comes from just extensive amounts of experience being an indie and being able to sustain himself off of 
like the, all these tiny little game projects. They're yeah. tiny from his perspective too. To us, they'd probably be huge. But uh, Taylor, uh, this just in: the quote is, "When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die." Okay, there you go. There is no <laughs> middle ground. <laughs> exactly. But uh, anyways, um, yeah, it was just all about kind of stop worrying so much about, you know, the future, about the success, you know, uh, forgetting, uh, what was it, the, uh, what is that, exclusive versus inclusive, Uh, is that what it was called? I'm blanking right now, but like not worrying so much about like the, oh, here it yeah, is. Yeah, Ex- like external extrinsic, rewards. Yeah, rewards. Release extrinsic yourself from extrinsic. Intrinsic. Yeah. <laughs> Release yourself from <laughs> extrinsic rewards and embrace the intrinsic rewards, you know? Like, like when you have a really focused session, like a really focused game development session or whatever, and you just get in that zone and you kind of lose track of time and you're just like, you feel like you're one with whatever you're doing. Like, harness that power. Harness that feeling. Like, remember that feeling. Don't just think about however many Twitter followers you have or, you know, like, how much money you're going to make at the end of the day. All those kinds of things. Like, do it because you enjoy it. And he just, like, completely embodied the name of of the conference. So, it... And I... I've talked about like me having anxiety and and all this kind of stuff and it just really like sat well with me what he was saying like just basically stop worrying things will will work out and just enjoy your craft like whatever it is you do whether it's game dev music uh I don't know accounting whatever it is you do learn to love your craft and if you love it you're going to have an enjoyable life so yeah, just overall really powerful. Um, my, my other favorite was also Anthony Jones. Um, and his was super cool. And it was different from the rest of theirs because he didn't have like a slideshow. He kind of did like the Khan Academy thing where he's like writing on the screen. And, and it totally just goes with his personality from what I can tell. Where... He's all like, so his was called talent equals practice. And the main, the main thing I got out of it was talent is earned. It's not given. So like he's, his thing was he started off not being an artist and then he decided he wanted to become one. So he just started drawing all the time. And by doing that, you know, he said he drew like a thousand images a year for like five years. And by doing that, he got really good, you know, and then people would come up to him and be like, wow, how are you so talented? You know, and he's just like, I just draw, <laughs> you know, yeah, you, you, you can do it too. All you have to do is just draw, you know, I loved like the, the practical and simplistic nature of his talk. And, and at the end he got kind of cut on time a little bit, but he was basically just kind of demonstrating everything he talked about by just speed painting and he has a cool little painting that i was able to screen capture 
Um, so if you look at the notes, you can see it. But yeah, it was it was just super cool. So keep at your craft, and and you'll become talented. That's basically what I got yeah. from it. Anything else you want to add about that? Uh, no. Um, yeah, I just loved. Uh, you know, he talked a lot about during the break and stuff, just about basically people making excuses. Um, and never being able to sort of just like pursue the things that they want to pursue, mm-hmm. um, which I think is like a really common thing, like no matter what sort of um, community that you're a part of. Yeah. Um, I see it a lot, like um, in the music scene, in the this scene, in the writing scene, or like the comedy scene. Like there's so many people who just like make excuses for why you know, they think like, well, I've been doing this for 10 years. Like, why haven't I made it yet? And the truth is, is like, it's because they're lazy and they half-ass everything to do. Like, <laughs> right. Or, um, or they, they tell themselves that they want something or they tell themselves that they're doing things to get to that thing. But in reality, they're not, you know, it's like his example right. was something along the lines of, you know, someone uh, talking to him about like this amazing game idea that they had and that they've had for like years and his first question is like well why haven't you started yeah like like what's stopping you from doing that yeah um you know and so many people always have like the excuse like oh well life he's like i got five kids (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) um yeah yeah it really does just boil down to like you know i mean i think if people would just like cut the excuses for one second and I mean, it's just like any other thing, right? Like I need to, I'm, you know, like for example, like in my real life, I got to do the dishes right now, like something bad. I do too. And <laughs> but every time I look at them, I'm just like, ugh. But I'm tired, or ugh, that's gonna take forever, or, ugh. Like, you know, they'll get done sooner or later. But yeah. you know, if I just like cut the excuses for five minutes, then I'm already like elbow deep in hot water. Yeah. And there's not really much turning back, you know? And I think it's the same for any sort of project. Like, yeah. you just cut the excuses for five minutes. Um, yeah. Well, and you know, but it's easy. It's just like exercising or it's just like meditating or it's just like yeah, exactly. any sort of good practice, uh, good hygiene, good, uh, good maintenance of your body or your house or your car. Uh, we could do it and it'd be easy, but we don't. So. Right. Well, and, and just to add on to your point, if, if you are telling yourself that you want to do something like really bad, but it feels as if it's like you're doing the dishes, like if it feels like a chore, like take a step back and analyze if that's really what you want to do. Right. And, and there will be times like during your path uh, of learning something or whatever, where it will feel like a chore, but if every time you 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 do it, it feels like that. Like take a step back and just analyze it, because you're you're the one who has to decide for yourself what you want to do with your life. And if you're like me, you know, you'll spend forever, you know, in indecision because you're like worried about making the wrong decision or whatever. But if it feels like the thing that you want to do is like doing the dishes, take a take a week, take five minutes to take a step back and think about, you know, is this really what I want to do? 
Because if if you don't, like, don't do it, right? So like when right. he was when he was talking about that story, or like that example about the the person who said like, you know, I have this game idea, I really want to make this game, and he's like, well, why haven't you started? The answer to that really is that they they actually don't want to do that, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I mean, that is the shorthand answer. Um, but I think the I think the truth is actually it's just easier not to, you know, um, because there's a lot of things that people want to do. They probably truly want to do, but just because they don't do it doesn't mean that they don't want to. Actually, it's just that it's easier not to, and it's comfortable not to, and it's familiar not to. Why rock the boat? You know, um, I think that's like a lot of people's like first reactions when like traveling abroad for the first time. It's like something maybe that they've wanted to do, but it's kind of this immense thing. And I think a lot of people look at those, look at any sort of project, um, you know, like, I, like, like for example, um, like I really want to learn blacksmithing. So I'm like enrolled in this course. Uh, but like lately I've been like looking at getting equipment for this and, uh, and me and Lee, a uh, friend of the show, like, kind of bit the bullet and like spent a little bit of money on getting like some equipment that wasn't necessarily related to exactly what we wanted to do, but, um, could be useful to have in a shop. But now that we got it, it's like, we need to figure out how to use it. We need to figure out how to move it. We need to figure out all this sort of stuff. And it seems like this like immense daunting task and we've been putting it off just because we can. And, uh, and it's like the more I think about it, I'm like, I gotta go do that. But I know that it's probably going to be like until I'm back from Japan that anything gets done with that. And it's not because I don't, it's not because I don't want the end result. It's just because it's so easy not to do it, (laughs) you know? Fair point. Yeah. I don't know. And I'm not, I don't mean to say that you're wrong on all counts. I just mean like, I don't know. There's a lot of things that I think people truly want, but I think they're just afraid of the hard work, you know, like they don't want to. They don't want to view what they're doing as work. They want to view what they're doing as like, well, I love, like, uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe you never got this, but I played so many shows in, in back in the day that like sometimes I love playing music, but like there were shows that were just like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to be here. Like <laughs> yeah. this is work at this right. point, but you still do it. And yeah. that kind of, you were sort of saying that, that it's like, obviously you will be working on your passion project and it might feel like a chore, but you got to muscle through it. But so, I mean, you did make that exception, but I don't know. I don't disagree with you necessarily, but I will say there are some, I think exceptions. Yeah. Oh, definitely. There's never it's never black and white, you know, there's, Mm -hmm. it's varying shades of gray or whatever, but uh, it reminds me of, I used to work with this guy and I really liked talking to him, but he was kind of a dweeb, which, I, and I say endearingly because I'm a dweeb, um, but he would come in and he would share with me his like big dreams. And like Lee is a person who does this too. He'll share his dreams with me. I want to like, you know, I want to do, I want to be able to make this. I want to be able to do that. But Lee is like more of a doer than most people are. And this guy though, this other guy, I worked with him he would come to me and he would share his ideas for like the next big app that's going to break the app store. And I'd be like, Oh great. He's like, yeah, I put out an ad on Craigslist. Like I want to get a programmer to work on this. 
I'm like, oh, shit, how are you affording that? And he's like, oh, I'm not. Like, I just figured I'd split the app with them 50-50. I'm like, but they're going to do all the work. Like, why would it be 50-50? And he's like, well, I had the idea. Yeah. I'm just the idea man. And I'm like, why don't you just pay them for it, and then it, you can keep all of the profits? <laughs> you know? like. Yeah. And he's like, well, I don't – he's like, I, I get that you don't have a brain for how this stuff works. I'm like – what? <laughs> like that makes way more sense. You know what I mean? Like yeah. pay this guy a thousand bucks or 2000 right. bucks to make your little bullshit app that you're talking about. And then you get to keep a hundred percent of the profits forever. You don't have to split it with anybody. <laughs> well, and, and, and I that hear guy this gets paid o- for his work. I hear this over and over on, on podcasts too, that like, just because you have an idea doesn't mean you're worth anything, you know? Yeah. Like it's Everybody not, it's has not, ideas. yeah, it's not really yours until you've made it. Like I remember growing up, my mom, my mom can be goofy at times and she would always be like, oh, I have this great idea for an invention, whatever. And then she'd talk about it. I can't remember any off the top of my head, but she'd talk about it. And then like, not that long later, it would be like that thing would exist. And she's like, see, I had that idea. It's like, well, yeah, yeah. you had that idea, but like there are billions of people in in the world. Like there's bound to be lots of people with the same ideas, but you have to actually act on them. Otherwise it's not really yours. Right. (laughs) So anyways, um, I did want to talk about another, my, so my third one, um, again, not to say that any of the other ones were not good or anything, but just the ones that I identified with me. I really enjoyed Jake Burkett. Um, his talk was on sustainable game dev and he does, he's been an indie dev for like 12 years, I think. And uh, he just was, everything was very practical about what he talked about. And I really appreciated that, especially to start the conference. He was the first speaker. And uh, if you're interested in him, he, one of the coolest things that I think he's done is uh, he designed this website called MobyGames.com, which is basically yeah. I- IMDb for gaming. Yeah, uh, so really cool. I need to I need to hop on there and play around with it a little bit, but that was super cool. But the so he laid out like a couple things that were just really nice to hear. the The first was um, six steps to massive game dev successes, and uh, he talked about each of these steps, and then he also pointed out where he's at on this on these steps. So the first step is learn to program. Second is experiment. Third is create a free game uh, that you release, you know, out out into the wild and the public. Fourth is create a commercial game, so one you actually sell. Fifth is create a successful commercial game, so that'd be one where you're like actually you know, successfully marketing, you actually make enough money to like sustain yourself off of it. And then the sixth one is um, create a massively successful commercial game. And he said he was on step five, which I thought was uh, both like humble of him, but also nice to hear, you know, because like obviously he's speaking at this conference. So we all look up to him as being a successful person. Um, So like the way that he laid it out, it, it was just like a path, a path for us, basically, you know, and with where we're at, or at least where I feel like I'm at, um, I think we're in that kind of step two experimental phase and starting to shift to free game. 
I, I mean, I, I guess we have already made some free games, which we'll talk about in a minute, um, that are up on itch.io. But when, when he said free game, I thought he meant more like releasing it on an official like app store, you know, like Google Play or Steam or whatever. So that was just really cool hearing about that. And I know that each step just takes a tremendous amount of work and time. Um, but it's cool to just have some more direction from somebody who's done this and is successful. So that was pretty cool. Um, he talked a little bit about like your own, like he called it his character sheet, which was in interesting about like a, being the character sheet for being a successful dev and it's about like making sure that you're staying healthy and how to be productive and staying motivated and all that kind of stuff. But uh, the, the other thing I really wanted to mention was <laughs> another big thing I got from that talk was when he was showing the data that he's gathered from his projects. And ever since he started, like when he released his first like free game, he's tracked the amount of money he's, uh, earned basically and then he showed us all these bar graphs and everything and it just like really helped to back up especially the six step the six step uh, process that he gave to us earlier but one thing that he said which i found was just like crazy was so he he specializes or he he's done many kind of card type games almost like solitaire but they have like a different artistic flair um and one of the games that he made uh, must be over 10 years old. He said he spent $200, uh, like he paid an artist $200 to generate create the art assets for this game. Um, with that that amount that he invested over the span of 10 years, he's only made $1,600 from that game. Right then he he had one image which was that game, the $200 one or the one he spent $200 on the art. And then he had another image right next to it um, that was very similar. Like it almost looked like the same game, just like upgraded art. And he spent $2,000 on art, like paid an artist $2,000 to create the art for it. And over ten, uh, 10 years, he's made $98,000 off that one. <laughs> so like he, I'm pretty sure he even explicitly said like, Make sure you have good art. <laughs> yeah, because that's what people look at, you know. <laughs> yeah, so it's just crazy hearing hearing that and like actually seeing a real world example was pretty cool. And obviously, there's like some underlying things in that, like he maybe did better marketing or whatever for that other game. But the fact that you know he spent ten times as much money on the art the second time and he earned like basically a hundred times more money is just crazy. So, um, anyways, yeah, I really enjoyed the conference. Um, like we said, I think earlier they're, they're going to be releasing video, uh, that you'll have to pay for on, uh, enjoy game dev, enjoy game dev.com. You could pick it up. Uh, I think it'll be out in about a week. Um, but also we have some, uh, notes that, uh, we asked about you know, sharing and they said it'd be fine to share. So if you're interested, we'll uh, link the, the notes we, I took from the conference in the show notes and 
Hopefully that'll help somebody yeah. else. And also, if it was, uh, if it's of interest to anybody, um, they're going to be compiling all the speakers and everything uh, into a video, uh, which you can pre-purchase, um, and it'll be released on August twelfth. Oh, is it August twelfth? Um, so if that's yeah, so if it's something that interests you guys and you want to see what we saw, uh, you can buy uh, the recording of it, and I think yeah. uh, you guys will really enjoy it. Uh, take a look at Taylor's notes and see yeah. if it's something that uh, interests you. And if it is, <laughs> go over to enjoygamedev.com. I don't, I don't know if you realize, Rhett, but I said that too. <laughs> what? The video thing, but... Oh, you did? Yeah, <laughs> literally like one minute before you did. Oh. But it's all good. I'm just giving you a hard time. Well, it just means that my point is extra <laughs> Extra clear, true. dude. Yeah. <laughs> dude, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, dude, we're it's both... It's been a long week, dude. Yeah, we are both exhausted. Um, let's transition and quickly talk about our game jam, since we're talking about being tired. Uh, I... Just so, just so we know, like, the whole time frame i told brett this already uh i i jammed for 13 hours on friday and then including the game dev conference um i ended up doing a total amount of game dev that was close to 25 hours from friday morning to midnight last night so i'm just like exhausted i ended up only getting like five hours of sleep tonight or this last night and work was <laughs> like really a struggle but it was all worth it because the conference was awesome and we completed our game jam on time and I think it's the best game we've made so far. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, I'm I'm only sorry that I had like so little to do with it in the grand scheme of things. Like, I mean, <laughs> well, obviously like help you, helped you brainstorm the idea, talked about mechanics, you know, yeah. made some art for you. Well, that's, but, uh, that was a it's huge not piece like that. Yeah, sure. But it's not like it like stretched the limits of like my abilities, you know what I mean? Like you're like you were just like busting your ass to figure out this like arc stuff, like the trajectory, and like you know figuring out how to like get certain things to work right, and like <laughs> I just played around with a paintbrush basically, and then like <laughs> literally spent 15 minutes making some music for it. <laughs> well, you know, on uh, coffee with butter butterscotch sam the artist always talks about how he just like kind of clicks around like that's his job is like just (laughs) like manipulating vectors on a paint tool (laughs) so now you know how he feels i guess (laughs) but uh yeah i guess so (laughs) (laughs) the art turned out really cool Rhett used the marmoset hexels which i think we talked about and uh so it really just has like a different vibe than our other our other games uh, which is cool but i'm just really happy with uh with everything that we did and like we didn't accomplish everything we set out to do like i i mentioned before that the biggest challenge i would have is is showing the trajectory path of the cannonball before it's um, shot and i just did not have time for that like by the time I got like the waves going, so like waves of ships spawn, and like, or I guess there's rounds basically. And by the time I got through like programming out all of the rounds, keeping track of score, making sure that all the hit detections work properly, I was having this problem where like 
because there's three three gates, there's three lanes, and then each ship has a certain amount of health. And I was having this problem where like one the light ship would blow up the gate, but the other ships would just ram through the gate and then kill the castle right away, and um, just some some odd bugs. And then another one was uh, I I got all the way through and I like had a finished product basically, and I exported it, um, and the after the first round you couldn't fire the cannon anymore and i was like banging my head against the wall trying to figure out what was wrong and what ended up happening was one of my scripts i just uh i have this problem with visual studio i probably mentioned this multiple times but if you just hit control s to save in visual studio it sometimes doesn't save so i had built the project and exported it but i had forgotten to well i I had just failed to save it. So I went in, went in and saved it and then exported it and then it worked. <laughs> so just little things like that. Um, getting the resolution to set, like we picked kind of a weird resolution because we were, we were trying to target mobile devices, which that was another thing we ended up not having time for. Um, so the, the resolution's kind of weird. Uh, if you download it and play it, it's like, 7 and 711 by 414 or something like that. Just a, sh- a super odd resolution. But uh yeah, so in- anyways, kind of ran out of time to uh, get everything that I wanted done, but overall like it's a playable game. Um and it just I think feels pretty decent. So yeah, I agree. I think that what would be cool is you know, I have like the current copy saved. It'd be cool if we tried to continue working on this and extend it so that we can get these things that we missed. Like, I'd yeah. love to be able to actually try to pursue this as being an app that we put up on Google Play. I agree. It'd be super cool to get it mobile compatible um, and maybe streamline just a couple things to make that happen. Yep. Uh, the tra- the uh, the outline trajectory isn't like a must for me. Yeah. Um, but if that's something you really want to implement, I'm all for that. Okay. Um, yeah. I'm also, uh, I think that uh, we had such a good time and such a positive response with the One Mechanic Game Jam that I think we're talking about uh, doing it more often in the yes. future. So maybe like a once a month thing or maybe like a every other month sort of deal. Yep. Or, nice. you know, maybe we could always just host it and then uh doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah, maybe sometime um, we host it and other people complete it and then we just play their games. But speaking of other games, um, we had counting ours, we had three submissions, which honestly, like I didn't think we'd have many to begin with. So we had at one time we had 15 people signed up and that dropped a little bit to like 13 um, and we had three submissions. So, um, also, well, there, there was one that wasn't submitted that, uh, was in the works. Uh, I talked about my soap, uh, earlier in the show and he made this cool kind of like HTML five game. Um, that's like this sort of dungeon crawler and you control like this little square that goes, you know, around the browser and there's like these, other kind of squares that end up being rooms and you can like as you walk closer to them they uh are revealed whatever it's pretty cool i don't know if he's finished but uh 
he didn't get a chance to submit, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I just thought I'd mention his. The other ones were, um, of course, we got Jago, our number one fan. <laughs> Jago uh, created a game called A Portal's Quest, and his was the first submitted. He submitted it on Friday. He didn't think that he was going to be able to complete it, um, but then he did, like a boss. So it's a really fun little game. It has basically one mechanic. It actually reminds me of like a game we'd play on like Windows 95 or something. Um, it's basically like you have this little guy who you control and you are in this room and in the room you have like a flag, which is the, the end goal. You want to get to the flag. And then there are these little almost like portal kind of things that you click on. And at first it's like pretty like easy, right? You just click on the portal and then you click on the, the room or the flag. But then as you, uh, beat a, a couple of rooms, like it starts getting pretty hard and he has these things like that are kind of blocking the, the portals. And if you jump into a portal, when something's blocking in it, you'll die. And, uh, I thought his game design was like pretty top notch. Pretty legit. He kept like tweeting. us talking about levels and stuff. I was like, the fuck is he working yeah, on? Yeah, right. And then seeing the game, I was like, oh, damn, that's pretty legit. And you have like a maximum number of clicks. Like if you don't finish the puzzle um, before you run out of clicks, like you lose and you have to start over the level. So uh, which is, I think, a pretty, pretty neat little touch. Yeah, um, yeah overall, really fun game. Um, and uh, when we're done talking about these, um, you know, oh, well, I guess. You can just uh, you can go to our itch.io page and find our game jam. We'll link it in the show notes, and you can check out all of ours, all of the games that were submitted. The other one was uh, by a guy or girl that I am unfamiliar with. His uh, their name is Crunchlaw, and they made this game called Protect the Green Square. And I actually feel like for one mechanic that this game captures that the best i don't know what you think i mean all all the games i really like but this one just feels like what i kind of thought a one mechanic game jam would yield uh, um yeah i do think it was pretty clever given and i was i, I played it and 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 jago's i thought the, the same thing i was like oh damn that's a good idea yeah. but this one uh, I th- as soon as I played it, I was like, oh, damn. like what a good idea, <laughs> yeah. you know. And it's almost like a similar idea to like what we implemented, except we weren't shooting cannons, or you know, he wasn't shooting cannons. We were. He's just clicking buttons as they get in your zone, which like totally cool and totally fun. Yeah. And you know, I was like talking to Taylor while I was playing it, like trying to compete with him to get the highest score. <laughs> right. That's um, right. Always. I couldn't. I. I know I couldn't get much past sixty to be honest, but Thanks. I'm gonna go back and try. Wow. So well, yeah. So yeah. so the game though, it's uh, basically um, you have this kind of white background, and then there's these basically like black lines, to like like yeah, a cross. Like four yeah, lanes. basically four lanes. Like you're going in an intersection, intersection in the middle. Yep. And the green square is is in the middle. That's like you, I guess. That's what you're protecting. And then as yeah. time goes on, these circles of different colors are spawned in whatever like lane and they go towards the green square in the middle. And there's kind of like this, um, 
range, this little range outside of the, the green square where if the circle goes into that, you can press the arrow but the arrow key on your keyboard of whichever lane they're in. And if you press the right one, it destroys the circle and you get points for it. Um, if you press the wrong button, like if they came down the left lane and you accidentally hit the right, then you would lose a life. Or if you also, if they came in, uh, if they're coming down the lane, but they didn't get into like the attack zone and you pressed it too early, you'd also lose a life there. And, and that's the whole mechanic. Like that's the whole game. Yeah. But it's just like super fun and very simplistic. I, I thought it was awesome. So great work. I agree. Great work. Crunch law. Uh, same with you, Jago, dude, your game was really fun. Also, uh, yeah, there's a, I wanted to try and beat all the levels, right? I know. How many did he say he had total? At least 15. I wow, thought that's pretty good. Um, he also added a, an Easter egg. So if you're on the start menu and, and you hit, uh, the letter, the keys GDQ for game devs quest, it'll play this like rotating <laughs> dagger thing. That's pretty cool. So, Oh yeah. I that. <laughs> He's always like drawing us stuff. It's awesome. But, uh, yeah, man, totally badass. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, the other thing I wanted to mention was I was, I was streaming pretty much the entire time I was jamming and, uh, it had its ups and downs, but last night was so fun streaming. Um, I had a couple people that joined, uh, that were really fun to hang out with. Um, we had uh, Lovesick Dev on. He was on both days, and he was really trying hard to get a submission going. Uh, but he was having like some computer problems and things like that, so didn't get uh, didn't get a chance to finish. But it was cool having him around. Uh, we had Ultra Baller streamer Krasenstein, uh, who, if you guys are unfamiliar with, you should check him out on Twitch. I think it's just uh, Twitch TV uh, forward slash. Is it Krasenstein or Krasenstein TV? I'll uh, I'll get a link to his tw- his Twitch stream. He streams pretty early, um, and I have almost always miss his stream. He starts at uh, like 7 a.m. Eastern time and goes till 10 a.m. Eastern time most days, because um, he's a dad and he has to do dad stuff. So like in the mornings, my alarm goes off at like 6:45, and if I notice that he's on i'll try and hop on for a couple minutes and see what he's doing he's building a game like a 2d rpg um called nightfall um night with a k and uh looks pretty cool and he's he's super good at unity um he said he's only been doing it for like a year and a half but uh he was able to basically quit his job and start start doing that full time um so Really cool guy. He hung out on stream with me for like three or four hours and was just, he was giving me code and really helped me out. So shout out to Krasenstein. That's cool. Super chill dude. Uh, he brought along. Help name our game. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, our game is called um, Castle Master Faster Blaster, which, so I was coming up with the name and I just put Castle Master and he was like, well, what about Castle Master Faster Blaster? And I was like, yeah, I like that. Uh, so it's named for Krasenstein. Uh, also, the sequel, or I'm going to just say the name of this podcast episode should be Super Faster Master Blaster Caster Disaster for the Pastor, which was uh, also from Krasenstein. So <laughs> thanks for your creativity. I love that. Um, he brought along, well, I think, 
either he brought along or he just knew uh, another guy called Catalyst Creation who has also helped me with code. Uh, super chill dude. So shout out to him. And then uh, last but not, not least is L Boss MC who was hilarious. Uh, he's from, he's from Australia and Rhett last night hopped on the stream, like around 10, maybe 10 PM. And, uh, L boss is almost 11. almost 11. Yeah. And L boss was one of the only guys who was like active in chat. And Rhett was like, what does the MC stand for? And he's like, Mac and cheese. <laughs> and, uh, so he's L boss, Mac and cheese. And we just like laughed our heads off about Mac and cheese. We were like, pulling up images of really creamy delicious mac and cheese and it made him so hungry that he ended up making it but uh anyways so super fun stream love having you guys on uh forever streaming again we'll tweet it out and hope you guys can join us so yeah dang um gonna yeah, be dude. a longer episode we're up against the clock but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyways really good time um probably the best time i've had on Game Devs Quest this weekend. Oh, so I hope to do it again Dude, yeah. soon. Super, super fantastic weekend. Thank you for the uh, the conference hosts and everybody who participated in our game jam. We really hope to make a more regular thing out of it. For real. Cool, guys. Well, it looks like you get an extra length episode and uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll link pretty much all of the stuff we've talked about in the show notes. Uh, if we miss something, tweet at us at GameDevsQuest. Uh, I guess if we're streaming, hit us up on twitch.tv forward slash GameDevsQuest. You can email at us at, at gdq at airpodcast.com. And uh, what else we got, Rhett? I always forget. Uh, we're at facebook.com slash face, uh, yeah, facebook.com slash airpodcast. Um, and I think that's only the real big cool. one. Twitter, email, Facebook. Um, feel free to give us a rate review uh, on iTunes, your favorite podcast app, and uh, as always, subscribe if it's your thing. Uh, that way you never miss an episode. Word. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a good week. Boom. Cute ass. Yeah, boy.